Handheld gaming has come a long way since the old Game & Watch days. From Game Boy to the DS, links to the PSP, the ability to enjoy our favorite pastime at the palm of our hand has gone through many evolutions. Lately, however, those changes have gone in a different direction, one that appears to be moving away from handheld pioneers Nintendo and Sony. Smartphones. The growth of gaming on iOS and Android has been nothing short of remarkable. As smartphones increase their adoption rate across all types of users, so too does the amount of gaming on these devices increase. Furthermore, the newest Sony and hand Nintendo handhelds have entered this new world with somewhat disappointing results. Today we're going to talk about the transformation of handheld gaming and what it means to us as gamers. We're May 13th, 2012. I'm Mike Dunn. And I'm Ron Burke. And this is the Gaming Trend Podcast. So. So, so is this going to devolve into like a monkey knife fight between you, the Apple user, and me, the Android supporter? No, it's not. Uh, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really started. I didn't really start seriously gaming on uh, the iPhone or the iPad until very recently. Uh, I always kind of dabbled with some very casual games before that. But uh, my my, I'm I'm going to take a more. Uh, I'm trying to take a more non-biased approach to this uh, and look at smartphones in general. Oh hell no! I'm I'm totally gonna wave the Android flag. I got no I've got no love for uh, for Apple anymore. All right, fine. It's <laughs> it, it's on. It's on. All right then. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, let's let's talk about smartphones, both Apple and Android. And should we even mention Windows Phone? If we're gonna mention the Windows Phone, then we got to mention uh, the side talking phone. <laughs> yeah, with the Engage. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to bring that. All right, all right, we'll bring it. We'll bring it. Uh, so let's let's talk about. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would exactly call that a smartphone, though. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the people who bought it felt it was uh, not exactly a smartphone either. Yeah, uh, it was pretty dumb, actually. Anyway, uh, so yeah, let, let's let's talk about phones versus dedicated hardware. Okay. So obviously, reaching back dedicated hardware, we've got uh, all the way back to, as you mentioned, the Game & Watch, uh, you know, and then you had, uh, God, what were those things, that the football game that had like the little red Oh, yes, I had that. Dot. Love, Tecmo. Yeah, it was, it was, wasn't it? No, it wasn't yeah. Tecmo. I think it was Tiger that made those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, if you had the, you had the ginormous uh, two-player one, then, you know, you had a screen on both sides and you could actually play football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some nostalgia reaching back that far, but uh, I'd have to say that I, I agree with uh, the kind of the conventional wisdom that I think it was the Game Boy, the original Game Boy, that really kicked off uh, mobile gaming. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, those were those were all very prototypical. Uh, the thing that that distinguished the Game Boy was that it was the first platform. Sure, sure. It wasn't dedicated to a single game. Yeah. Um, which, like, if you carry that to its next evolution, you know, it, you have a portable general system that is not dedicated to one thing, that it's dedicated to multiple things, gaming just being one thing. So. Sure, yeah. And that, I think that's the change of, uh, you know, 
from a gaming platform to uh, a more utility platform where right. gaming is just part of that. So I think, uh, I mean, Nintendo and Sony are really feeling this hard, hard right now. Uh, I believe Nintendo in their recent earnings report literally blamed uh, iOS for their lackluster results with the 3DS in the last year. Um, I mean, See, I, t- I take a different approach on that. I think the complete and total lack of anything to play on the 3DS is really what's killing them. But go on. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm kind of looking at the 3DS launch and the DS launch as being very similar. That first year on the DS was maybe first year and a half was pretty similar. Oh yeah, pretty awful. Yeah, it, horrible launch lineup. Uh, everybody was predicting the death of the DS, and then it—I guess it was once New Super Mario Brothers came out. Yep. Uh, everything just completely went the other direction. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen with the 3DS. I don't—I don't think the market is there anymore. Well, and, and I think it's—I don't know that it's not the market. I, I look at the way that they launch consoles versus the way that they launch mobile platforms, and I kind of scratch my head if it's the same marketing people. To launch a new console, you need a shooter, a racing game, a sports game. I mean, if you look at any successful console launch, they pretty much have the same archetypes to launch on day one. You know, they have whatever their first party super title is, be it a, a Zelda or you know, an Uncharted or whatever uh, they want to push up front. And then they have, you know, hey, here's our premier support from EA. We have Madden 20XDX and, uh, you know, Ridge Racer, whatever. And, you know, they kind of have their their kind of set of what launches with the the system that shows off what the system can do. Mm-hmm. With, the, with the consoles, they've kind of got that nailed down. Uh, with the handhelds... It seems to be, hey, we just launched this piece of hardware. Go buy it. Um, there's Zelda and well, crickets. <laughs> well, see, I, I feel like I feel like part of that is due to the fact that handheld has always been uh, sort of like a uh, on, on a lower status than the full console, right? Um, I mean, well, sure, they're always they're always you know dumbed down. I don't want to say dumbed down. Uh, they're always, you know, simplified, simplified versions of of their console counterparts. Typically, um, I don't think that has to be the case anymore, though. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, both the Vita, 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 whatever the heck you want to call it, um, Benjamin, yeah, <laughs> Vitamix. Um, both the Vita and the 3DS are are fairly capable, powerful machines. I mean, obviously, the Vita more so than the, the 3DS in terms of uh, graphical punch. But, uh, but I mean, they are no slouches. I think, I think the problem is, is that the formula has changed. Sure, sure. Um, the, the Vita specifically, uh, the title that they showed off at E3 last year uh, called, uh, what was it, Ruin? That's now, uh, what is it, uh, Warrior's Lair. Um, 
that title, I mean, it looked like uh, it kind of reminded me of Titan Quest on the PC, uh, both in terms of graphical quality and in terms of you know playability. Diablo knockoff, call it whatever, call it whatever you will, but I didn't, I couldn't see any evidence of it being dumbed down in any way. Right, uh, but I, I think I think a key a key thing that that Sony and Nintendo are missing right now is that it, it feels like it feels like more so Sony than Nintendo on this one, but it feels like their their focus on their handhelds has been to try to replicate uh, what's happening on the consoles more than anything, and it's. I don't. I think my, Nintendo definitely gets this more because of of their double screen and 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 some of the other innovations that they put forth. Um, but a handheld experience should it is by its very nature completely different, not com- mostly different than a uh, a console uh, or a desktop uh, kind of play. I mean, it's. That that gap isn't quite as big between, say, PC gaming and console gaming, but that gap is still there because you're looking at two different ways of interfacing with the game. You've got a mouse and keyboard versus a, a joystick. Obviously, you can play joy, you know, joystick or gamepad on a PC too, but at that point, you're just you're replicating the console side of things. So. Sure. The mo- the best the most successful uh, PC games these days have been ones that have taken advantages of the of what the consoles can't. Um, well, which sure. Is, which is that capability with that that different interface system? And I think I think that we see the same thing when it comes to the handheld systems, and especially as we start talking about the smartphone gaming as well. Sure, and you could argue that that's why uh, MMOs have not really taken off on consoles is by virtue of that that interface change. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think that's just as much a a perception of that's how you have to do MMOs. Sure, sure. So, um, I I still think, and I'm not an MMO guy by any means. I still think an MMO could successfully be done on a on a console. It's just no one has figured out the right sauce to make it happen. Sure. Yet. Sure. Well, back to, uh, back to the, the console versus uh, handheld platform. Uh, the struggles that you also run into is that if I'm coding for the Xbox, the code that I write for your Xbox will work on my Xbox and it'll work on everybody else's Xbox. I think when you start getting into mobile platforms, uh, unless it's a closed system like a DS or a Vita, um, you also run into the struggles that PC uh, programmers have run into for a long time. What works on a Samsung Galaxy 2 will not work on a Nexus 1. What works on a Nexus 1 uh, might not work on an iPhone. So there's there's a lot to be said for that kind of coding for the platform specifically that uh, that makes it more difficult. Yeah, I mean, I think a little more on the Android side of things, certainly. There's a lot of fragmentation on the Android platform. Uh, I mean, Sure, you could the, argue the, that, that the, the Apple platforms are not as bad. No, they're, they're, 
they're really it's 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 less than not not as bad. It's that you've literally got one version, one new version of the 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 system a year, whereas with Android you have hundreds that come out a year, and Ice Cream Sandwich has been out for how long? Almost a hasn't it been almost a year? No, not not quite. But, um, since uh, late last year. Yeah. Okay. So you know between six and nine months, sure. and the percentage of devices that can actually support it are in the single digits. Including my new Samsung Nexus. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> so I would, I would almost argue that Apple has a similar closed system. True. You guys um, got a four on your phone this year. Awesome. No, we got an S. We got oh, an, right. Yes. That, that's like a four, but more like an S. More like a five, but yeah. Anyway. Sure. <laughs> um, but the fact of the matter is, is that that you're not having as many compatibility issues with the iOS devices Certainly. as you are the, the Certainly. Uh, Android devices. Well, it comes from the fact that nobody's making them but Apple. So it's a closed system very right. similar to a DS or a Vita or whatever. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to the, way, to the way they handled their desktops, right? Their desktops and their laptops. Uh, I mean, software software compatibilities uh, issues don't happen as often as they do on PCs because they're controlling the hardware. And there's no software. No, there's plenty of software. <laughs> you can't just leave the door that wide open. And I know. The there's plenty of software. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no problems with software. I've got an app. Photoshop, GarageBand. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the end of the list. Yeah, you haven't looked at a Mac in a while. I, I, I'm assuming. No, I heard you guys. I heard you guys can emulate the PC now. So you know, walk, welcome to the uh, the side of PC gaming. So that's that's actually a good thing. So that's the yeah. So I'll be playing Diablo three on my Mac. Yep. With the twenty yep. twenty seven inch dis- display, just fine. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And. and all of that aside, I do have to agree that Apple has made a really solid platform, both with their their iPads and with their iPhone. Uh, you know, it's it's powerful enough where it's it's obscenely priced, but it's obscenely priced for a reason on the uh, on the iPad side. I think the iPhone is at least double priced what it needs to be, but uh, still, it, it's powerful enough to pull off some decent uh, gaming experiences. Well, I won't get into the price discussion with you right now, but <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, it's relative, isn't it? Anyway, um, so so basically, the situation we have right now is in in a lot of a lot of hand wringing internet fanboys are out there going uh, talking about how ridiculous gaming on the iPhone or Android phones or the iPad or whatever is compared to their Vita or their DS or whatever. But the, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that it, this growth in the, in those platforms is so strong that Sony and Nintendo and every video game publisher on the planet uh, is completely focused on this at this point. Um, I mean, I mean, this is definitely they definitely. 
I would I would be surprised if Sony and Nintendo didn't consider this a threat. I mean, Nintendo pretty much does. They've admitted it. Uh, Sony should. Sony Sony has. Uh, as of last E3, they announced that program whereby phone manufacturers will be able to get a Sony. Uh, I don't want to say seal of approval, but basically that's kind of what it is. You know, hey, we certify that your phone is good enough to run Sony products, and they'll give them access to essentially the PSN to run uh, Sony games on your Samsung or whatever else phone. And uh, as of this year, there actually are a few phones out there that, that will do it. I don't know. I, I, it's it's definitely a, from what I've seen, it's it's kind of a neutered, new, they've neutered the capabilities considerably. And Oh, certainly. Uh, certainly. And again, again, they're, they're, they're trying to shoehorn their, closed platform into a platform that that rapidly changes and sony erickson phones haven't been exactly leaping off the shelves lately yeah i'm gonna go with no yeah. uh on the erickson phone yeah so uh i mean yeah they've definitely acknowledged it but i think that's about all we can say about that <laughs> um well, I think on the uh, on the on the Android side, certainly, uh, Nvidia is taking a lot of great steps forward on the mobile platform side. Uh, their new Tegra chipset is fantastic. Uh, the uh, the Asus uh, Transformer Prime runs the Tegra, mm-hmm. and I saw an awesome. Uh, I got to see it live. I got to see an awesome uh, demonstration of a guy on his little Transformer Prime. You know, a couple hundred dollars able to play Skyrim because he was able to render it with the Tegra and uh, essentially stream it from his PC. Oh, uh, what was it? Last year at E3, OnLive did that to an iPad. You got it. Yep. So, yeah, uh, and I, I want to say Apple is using the uh, – the new iPads use the Tegra, don't they? Uh, I think you're right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, NVIDIA, uh, I'm sorry if you're invested in ATI, but uh, NVIDIA has definitely – taken a good grip of this mobile gaming space. And uh, I read an article that they expect by the year 2014 we'll actually see mobile gaming graphical capabilities exceed that of both the PC and uh, the console market. Now, do I believe that for a second? No, I do not. I believe that it will exceed consoles because they become static. You know, They want to put out a console and have it sit there for a couple of years. Right. But uh, there's no way they're going to eclipse the PC uh, unless NVIDIA decides to just go into mobile gaming and stops releasing these obscenely. Uh, I don't know if you saw the other day. They have a, uh, a new card that's $1,000. It's essentially four graphics cards all humped yeah. on top of each other. Yeah. yeah. So unless, unless they stop doing that, I don't see that that prediction will be true. But it is exciting to think you know, that in, by 2014 we're going to have you – know, I could play The Witcher – uh, two on on a mobile platform. Mm-hmm. Sweet, sign me up. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I, I mean, just just to kind of touch on on what you were just talking about. Um, so th- I read this article the other day about how uh, nearly forty four percent of the U.S. can be classified as gamers, according to a new study. Um, and the preferred gaming platform across the board. You know, all demographics, all ages, uh, is uh, is mobile phone. Yep. Um. So, uh, 
Well, you and I have talked about this in the past, talked about the, uh, the effect of the app store mm-hmm. and the effect of, um, you know, the Android uh, store and the, uh, I'm sorry. That was, that was on handheld. The preferred right. handheld was mobile. Right. But we, we had talked a little, a little bit about how that effect, you know, being able to grab something like Temple Run uh, is, is a pretty popular iOS title that just made it to the Android. Yep. Uh, Final Fantasy, I believe, is on the iOS uh, for what Final Fantasy Tactics. It's one of my yep. favorite games of all time. Yep. Um, Baldur's Gate coming to the iPad this summer. Yes. My God. Holy crap. Yep. That is awesome. I and, you know, wait. if it's successful, there's no reason why that couldn't be Planescape Torment as well. Um, this morning I went on a grand adventure and I hacked my phone, uh, and loaded wine and I'm running Diablo two on my phone. (laughs) Why? Because Diablo three is coming. So why not? Uh, it's amazing the amount of power that has been compacted into these tiny little phones and well, they're getting bigger again, but, uh, yeah, well, these, these phones you, are getting are. pretty amazing. Right, yours, yours gets to say the same size and the same price every year. <laughs> the old ones go I'm, I'm down keep, in price. I'm going to keep bagging on uh, on the iPhone this whole thing. You realize that, right? <laughs> it's okay. I'm actually holding back on Android. Enjoy your iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use it anymore. i got to be honest. Uh, you know, I, do, I do all I, of my updating over the air now. I don't even touch iTunes. I, uh, well, except for to load the image, the the music in to listen to via the cloud. So, right that and yeah. radio. Anyway, but yeah, I got I got to be honest. I did actually own uh, some of the first iPhones, and I thought the platform was fantastic. Uh, it was it was certainly light years ahead of where Android started, and uh, they really had nailed down a, a specific experience, and I was really impressed. Uh, what killed it for me was actually iTunes. I got tired of, you know, hey, I want to load this one song. Please wait while I back up your entire music library. All right, I've loaded that one song and erased everything else on your phone. That's what you wanted, right? So a- after doing that two or three times, I just wanted to smash the thing with a hammer mm. and move to Android. Uh, I don't know if it's still that way, but I'm going to continue to bag on your iPhone. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you do have the capability to update without connecting to iTunes now. Yeah, uh, when I rooted my iPhone, that worked out really well, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, so, uh, yeah, back, yeah. To, back to handheld gaming. Um, I think, that, uh, I think that, that the problem with the 3DS and the Vita right now, um, there's a lot of focus elsewhere. Uh, what we're seeing come out on the Vita, there are some fantastic titles, like the new Mortal Kombat title was... Uh, it, it was pretty much a carbon copy of the uh, the most recent Mortal Kombat release on the uh, the consoles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it looked as good. And they managed to add stuff on top of it, so it wasn't just a uh, copy paste. Uh, that right there is an amazing example of what the Vita can do. Uh, it used the uh, the touchpad in the back uh, pretty effectively. Beyond that, I don't know. There's just not a lot that's really sucking me in that I don't already own somewhere else. Uh, Luminous, you know, that's been kind of a launch title for handheld gaming every year, but I'm kind of done with Luminous. Um, Rayman Origins was great. It's great to see, uh, you know, the return of that franchise, Uh, but I played it on the the consoles. I don't know that I want to take it with me. Um, Similarly, Plants vs. Zombies, I think I own that on every... I think my toaster will play Plants vs. Zombies at this point. So, while I love it, I already have it on my Kindle Fire. I already have it on my phone. I already have it on my 360. I have it on my PC. I think I think I'm good. 
for Plants vs. Zombies. There's just not a lot compelling for the Vita quite yet. I'm hoping that at E3 we'll be able to see a little bit more of what Sony has to offer. It just felt like they rushed it out the gate to compete with the 3DS, which was essentially uh, almost stillborn beyond uh, Zelda. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I've kind of compared the numbers, and both launches aren't aren't too terribly different from the the previous uh, generation that they had. Uh, it's it's the longevity factor. The uh, the I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call the PSP a success, but I, I wouldn't call it a failure either. It's just kind of somewhere in between. But the DS was absolutely a success. And oh, it, it took them a year. It took them a year to, I mean, it wasn't until the DS Lite and Super uh, New Super Mario Brothers came out on the DS that that platform really started taking off. And that was well after a year after they uh, they debuted the platform. Um, I think, honestly, the, the failure of the 3DS uh, as it stands right now, uh, the software, as you said, over time, I think it'll self-correct. We'll see you know some big titles hit the 3DS. I think what's hurting it right now is the big thing that they said was, hey, we're going to finally embrace the online world and You'll be able to use, you know, your 3DS to download new software. And then most of the stuff that's on the 3DS for download, it might as well be Wario World stuff. I mean, it's all like, hey, you can play this mini game for 30 seconds. It costs you 30 bucks, and uh, you probably have a, a knockoff on it uh, of it on your iPhone. Well, so, I, I, and that's honestly, frustrating. I honestly don't know if it will get that chance. Uh, I'm not saying that the platform's going to die or, or either one of them. I'm saying that they don't have the luxury to wait it out like they did last generation. Um, the, the reason why smartphone gaming is catching on so strongly, there's a saying in photography, the best camera is the one you have on you. Well, the best gaming platform, the best handheld gaming platform is the one you have on you, and it's in your pocket, it's your phone, you use it for a bunch of other things too. This sure. is a this is a market where convenience can and will trump power and features. Um, sure. Well, and the phones tend to have both anyway. Right. Um, you know, my 3DS has a, a crappy little camera on it. My phone, you know, eight megapixel is not uncommon. Right. Yeah. Um, that's that's pretty crazy when you think about the fact that you probably didn't pick your phone based on that. Exactly. But it's damn sure nice to have when you you know have that second when your dog comes in the house literally completely covered in half the lawn and you have to grab a picture of it. You know, I'm not going to fumble with my 3DS's camera and hope that I manage to get the thing to load that quick and et cetera, et cetera. I've got my phone on me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, just as to even bring your point even further home, uh, I mean, I, I regularly play games on my iPhone now. I mean, I just the other day I played R-Type. When was the last time you played R-Type? Oh, sweet. Um, but uh, but then, you know, this E3, uh, I'm going to be recording uh, 1080p HD uh, footage uh, on the, from the E3 floor and, and during interviews. Uh, I'm going to 
be editing that video on my iPad, and I I may may never even touch a PC while I'm there, uh, except for to run this podcast. Uh, I'm going to be doing it all from my mobile devices, and it's going to look great. It's going to look and sound great. So, I mean, the fact that I can do that and check my email and play video games on one device that's taking up, you know, just one part of one pocket is is so much more compelling than remembering to fill your other pocket with your dedicated handheld device that may run out of batteries sooner than your phone does. Sure. Well, the other frustrating thing with uh, with those handhelds is that a lot of times the game or the the console itself is predicated on specific features, and it's like, hey, you can use the touch screen, and you you've got dual screens, and you've got this, that, and the other, and half the time the games that are released don't really use those features or use them in such a way right. that it seems like they're contractually obligated. You know, hey, you can if you want to turn it on use the the move functions, you know, so it it's it's almost like they've they've gone the wrong direction where they're they're focused so hard on features that they're forgetting that they really need to be attached to gameplay for it to matter, um, and and maybe this might be the wake up call that both Sony and Nintendo need to to say all right, well maybe we need to open the landscape a little. Yeah. It'd be nice to be able to say, yeah, I want to play the new Super Mario title. And I want to play it on my Nexus, right? And and it's like, all right, sure. You've you've got the 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 interface is touch. Not not every gaming experience is going to translate well to that. Uh, though there are accessories available that uh, enable that a little better. Uh, I don't know if well, for Christmas this last year I got the iCade. Which started out as an April Fool's joke from ThinkGeek. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah! I saw that. That thing's sweet. They made it right, and it's awesome. I mean, it's like a little video game cabinet. The joystick is has the same clickiness. The buttons are perfect, and you can play a ton of games uh, from the I- iPad App Store on it. They're in a few months. They're coming out with a version for the iPhone. It's like a little mini cabinet, and that is yeah. Those things are pretty sweet. <laughs> um, they've even got a simplified version of it that isn't quite so big that you can carry around with you more better. But I mean, that's the point. It's the the whole point of the devices that it these de- these smartphone devices is they adapt specifically to the needs that you have, and they're powerful enough and they're flexible enough to do so. Um, the the Vita and the 3DS can't compete with that, and anything that they try to do other than gaming is going to be uh, substandard compared to what these mobile devices can do. Well, certainly, uh, a title we talked about last week, uh, Legend of Grimrock, is a good example. Um, sure, they could put that title on the on the PSP, and I'm sure it would work, but that's not their plan. They're going to make it for the iOS, and they're planning on make it for the Android. Why? Everybody's got that in their pocket. Yeah. Everybody has, uh, you know, the Kindle is a great example. The Kindle Fire uh, sold like crazy, and it's an Android platform. So it's very easy for them to just say, okay, we're going to port this PC title. Bam, there you go. 
Same thing for uh, the iPad because it's a closed platform. It's very easy for them to say, hey, we're going to go ahead and port this over to, to Apple. Well, I, I don't know if that's actually easy, but just the same, uh, you know, Legend of Grimrock is coming to that to that platform. And they already know what the capabilities are. They already know, you know, there's a built-in marketplace. And i got to be honest, I'm going to double dip. When that, when that comes out, I'm going to buy it for my phone. Absolutely. Uh, my kids have been enjoying the crap out of uh, Minecraft on their iPod touches. On, on their iPod touches, I mean, it's it's just it's it's amazing to see this happening. And um, recently, well, it's, not, it's not the only title either. I mean, you've got Max Payne is coming to the right, iOS, right? Um, Starman's coming to the iOS. Uh, there was that Mass Effect game that came out that was like... Yeah, yeah. Um, what is it? Ascension or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, there was one other thing. God, all of a sudden my brain just went blank. <laughs> I am going to edit this out, 3256. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I'm, Let me know when you're ready to start again. All right. I was going to talk about how uh, Nintendo is finally seeing the light on uh, mobile patching. Oh, I know what it was. Okay. okay. Uh, now, something that recently happened was uh, an iOS game was just released that was actually created on an iPad. Uh, okay. Someone, someone came out with an app that allowed you to create uh, games on the iPad. Uh, it's fairly simplistic. But not so simplistic that um, it's a, kind of like an RPG maker kind of thing, like that title. Yeah. Um, I believe it was. I don't know. I, I should have looked this up beforehand. Uh, but yeah, it 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 was released and it actually wasn't too bad. Um, I haven't had a chance to look at it. I don't remember the name, so I probably shouldn't have even brought it up in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Just the same. Use your Google Foo. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Um, that that kind of opens up the gaming landscape for people to be able to to create games and then release them on a, on a platform that they, they already understand. Well, I mean, it kind of underscores also that, uh, you know, these, these mobile uh, platforms... Uh, the iOS and Android uh, are probably they're I'm pretty sure they're they're a lot easier to develop on uh, than having to use custom development tools for the 3ds or the the PlayStation Vita. sure well those um, require special debug kits and those things are not expensive or not cheap let me tell you exactly for what all you need uh, I mean you pretty much will likely have everything you need to create those games on hand already. Uh, and to get what you need is both inexpensive and uh, extremely easy. Uh, the The difficulty is more in getting your game approved in terms of the uh, the app store. But uh, I mean, kind of have to be going out of your way to to get something not approved, like uh, or or you have to use PayPal. Yeah. If you use PayPal, then Apple doesn't get their 30% cut, and you must kneel to, at the altar if you're going to put something on the App Store. <laughs> yeah, well, it does help kind of keep some, keep some of the riffraff off of the App Store. Uh, Certainly. 
Um, the other side of the tracks is the Android store. I know. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, something I have seen on the on the portable gaming side that uh, I, I would hope that would translate over to the mobile gaming side on uh, phones and various pads of whatever sort um, is re-releases. So, for instance, yeah. uh, Konami is putting out a Metal Gear Solid HD collection on the Vita. I would love to have that on some other platform other right. than the Vita. Right. Um, I really don't care about the touchscreen and et cetera, et cetera, on the Vita. Um, yeah. That that works out just fine on, on just about anything else. Um, I, I would I love thought, to be able to I play thought that. The Vita, the Vita on paper looked great. I was going to get one for my son last Christmas as an excuse to have one in the house. Mm-hmm. I asked him if he wanted it, and he was like, no. Oh, there you go. Um, but it's not just that it's not just the remakes there's also other great titles like uh, the Oddworld series uh, Munch's Odyssey and Stranger's Wrath those are being being brought to the Vita it would be great if those were also brought to other things Um, I'd like to see a more open source well they'll never go open source but let's just say a more open market where gamers could say hey I want that for whatever platform I have um there is a danger inherent to that, and I see that on the uh, the Android store quite a bit. So you'll get a game that has four stars or three stars, and you look, and all the one-star reviews are like, hey, this doesn't work on my eight-year-old phone. Mm-hmm. You know, So there's, there's some distortion. There's some signal-to-noise problems uh, with that market. But I think if they could say, you know, the following devices are certified as able to play PlayStation 1 titles or PlayStation 2 titles, uh, that would be pretty sweet. The fragmentation is a huge problem on Android. Certainly. Um, I know Google is trying to uh, take a more direct hand in things, uh, especially in terms of the UI, but I almost feel like the the genie is out of the bottle uh, uh, I mean, a little bit, and I and the problem is not not just the the fragmentation; it's further fragmentation once they put that platform into somebody's hands. So, for instance, LG they make solid phones as far as the actual physical device, mm-hmm. but let me tell you that their software is some of the worst I've seen. Uh, it has more bugs than uh, than than you can shake a stick at. It's it's obscene. Uh, simple things like opening the camera causes the phone to crash and reboot uh, because they added their bloatware on top, which just further fragments and further creates right. even more problems. Uh, HTC does it with their Sense product. Uh, you know, everybody has their own little flavor. The only thing that's actually immune to it is the one that Google has their direct hand in, the Nexus. Right. And it has no bloatware at all. Well, um, and, then, and then you also have other other situations. Um, that are a little more calculated and aren't necessarily, you know, bad per se, like uh, Amazon's implementation on the Kindle Fire, which is extremely customized, uh, but will probably never sync up with uh, future versions of the Android platform as a result of its extreme customization. Yep, that they definitely tailored it to a, a very specific purpose, and as a result, you know they've kind of locked out a lot of those other features. Yep. Um, that said, of course, you can root it and change it to a, a you know, a gingerbread or whatever. Uh, but a, a consumer shouldn't have to do that to get the experience that they want. Exactly. 
or or an experience that works. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, moving on to uh, another topic, uh, I think there's a lot of value in the mobile gaming platform space. Um, in that, you know, you've got. We, we, we talked a little bit about this last week when we talked about the Kickstarter projects. Right. Um, I think that the App Store, uh, now that they're starting to say, okay, yeah, you can download something more than you know three megs or ten megs or whatever, um, I think it's giving people uh, another avenue to put some really high-quality titles in gamers' hands and do it at a price that's not obscene. Um, mm-hmm. Because you don't have to pay for you know, stuff that scales to 1080p to work on the PlayStation 3, you know, it's meant to work on a four and a half inch screen. Um, you know, you, you can actually invest your time more in making the game fun than making every pixel, you know, picture perfect. Well, it's like you, you can have everything uh, from what, what I would consider to be like a triple A level quality for the platform, uh, for the iOS platform, uh, Infinity Blade and Infinity Blade 2 by Epic Games on the using the Unreal Engine looks amazing on the platform. Um, like amazing to the point that you can't believe that you're looking at this level this level of quality on something like this. But then you have then you have uh, you know much smaller much much simpler yet yet equally as entertaining uh, games like The Incident, which is basically uh, kind of an old-school um, 8-bit style. You're running around catching things and preventing you know things from getting destroyed kind of game that you might have seen in an arcade back in the early 80s. Um, so... There's a there's, specific type of game that I would love to see resurge, and I think it would be perfect for uh, for this particular style uh, style, of, uh, style of platform, and that's uh, point and click adventures. Absolutely, uh, there are entirely too many uh, like pirate adventures on the uh, on the Android. Is you know, hey, go find this particular little object, and it, it's it's literally like where's Waldo? Why not take that to the next level and put together, you know, a Shattered Steel or not Shattered Steel, but uh, Beneath the Steel Sky type title or, you know, hey, why not uh, Maniac Mansion sequel? Uh, I'm probably dating myself with those titles, but <laughs> well, well, I, <laughs> but mean, I would love got... to have a, an adventure title that is worth playing uh, on that on that platform. And there's so few and far between. And I, I don't understand why. Um, actually, I, I, there, there are a few, uh, notable ones. Um, the escape from monkey Island stuff, all that's on, on there. Uh, and I'll admit it works better on iPad than it does anything else. Uh, there's actually a game that, uh, I've been playing around with that is really, really just funky cool. Um, called Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery EP, which is um, it's done in a totally 8-bit style, but it plays it plays like a, a weird little clone of Legend of Zelda. Okay, um, cool, cool. 
and uh, and the the audio production on it is is really amazing. Well, I know that there are some titles that you know they've they've pushed over to the iOS. Um, specifically, you've got uh, I think it's what Telltale that's doing yep. the Back to the Future games. Yep, and th- those are ported to the iOS. Um, Broken Sword, I know that that got a, a port to the iOS as well. So I think people are starting to notice that. Mm. But man, again, again with the signal to noise ratio, there are a hundred Where's Waldo knockoff titles for every half-hearted attempt at a, a point-and-click RPG. Well, and, and I think this is true of both Android and iOS. Uh, I think the the uh, the discoverability of games needs to get better on both of those uh, markets. Um, certainly, certainly. I mean, iTunes. You know, the App Store helps helps somewhat. Um, it's 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 you can, they can focus on it, but there's no way to like really. You you have to rely on like message boards and like you know word of mouth to find the really really good stuff. Um, right. Or just spend a lot of time there. I feel like there needs to be almost like a dedicated game market instead of a sub market of the overall market. Right. It, it, it is a little bit hard to find. Yeah. Um, I, I think there is one advantage and I don't know if the iOS can do this or not, but uh, there are ports of like scum VM uh, for the Android, which allows you to play those old point and click adventure games. So you could play like right. dig or that, you know, maniac, maniac mansion or uh, day of the tentacle. Um, there's nothing. But, there's nothing official. It, it you can get them if you're jailbroken. Right, and that's the thing, though. It, it's sad that you have to go to that kind of level to get that kind of gaming, uh, especially when the the platform is so built for it. Agreed. Um, I think we'll get. I think it'll get there. Uh, I mean, we're talking about platforms that that are still in their infancy. If you think about it. Um. I mean, who knows what kind of games we're going to see in five years on these these smartphones and these tablets? Well, again, if the predictions are true about the uh, the graphic uh, capabilities of these platforms, that may very well be a uh, you know a crisis or a, a Witcher two or you know that kind of thing. I know that the uh, the Kickstarter project we talked about last week from Double Fine mm-hmm. uh, that's slated for both iOS and for uh, for uh, yeah. For Android, so yep, yep. It, it's definitely uh, uh, top of their mind, if if not, uh, you know, their sole focus. Exactly. Yep. So, I've, there's one more point I want to make before we uh, let go of this topic, and there's there's a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of doom saying uh, going on about dedicated handhelds and and the failure of the 3DS, and, and uh, apparently looking like the, Vi- the Vita. I, I, think it, I think what we... We're never going to see the level of success again on dedicated uh, hardware that we did with the DS. I, I, I just think that was the high point. It's, it's going to be hard to match that. Kind of the same way that the PS2 numbers were the high point uh, at that time. Uh, I think what we're really seeing here is an overall a growth of the overall gaming market. Uh, it's like the the what I said earlier the the article I read about forty four percent of um, 
households now now consider to call consider themselves gamers. Uh, that's a huge jump. That's almost that's almost half of everybody, pretty much, uh, that plays games regularly. Yeah, um, I, my mom is one of them. Right. She went from somebody who had never played a game in her life to somebody who plays uh, Bejeweled on her smartphone. Exactly. Uh, and, I mean, it's it's a trend we saw, saw happening when the Wii came out. Uh, the market is bigger now. Uh, there's still room for dedicated uh, hardware. There's still room for consoles. There's still room for PCs. The fact of the matter is, is that there's a lot more people playing games now, and you know people are still going to crave those experiences. Certainly, and there there will always be room for handheld. But uh, when I think about it from a practicality standpoint, if I want to play my DS, I need to go plug it in, I need to charge it, and then I need to remember to grab it. Whereas my phone is charged every day, and it never leaves my pocket. Right. Yep. So I, I think that uh, just the mere accessibility. Uh, aspect is going to change the landscape. Um, I think it's going to change the way the market uh, shapes itself. I mean, we talked a little bit about having uh, a more open platform where you know you might be able to get a Nintendo title on a Samsung phone or an iOS. Uh, I think that Nintendo and Sony, and uh, you know, to an extent, Microsoft with their phone, um, Nokia. I think they can probably bag it. I don't think they have to worry. But uh, but everybody else. Well, we never did talk. About, oh wait, we did talk about the engage. Never mind. Yes, the side talking engage. The less, um, the less, the better. Who who let that get out of testing with the? Yeah, you have to take out the battery to change the game. <laughs> How did that get out of testing? Anyway, um, I, I think that those companies are really going to have to take a look at the way that they approach the gaming populace. Because the days of being a Nintendo fanboy or being a, a PlayStation fanboy exclusively, those are starting to die. Right. Uh, I really don't care that you know I played this game or that game on this specific hardware. There's enough of that nonsense on the uh, on the console, and I would like to be able to say, I just want to play the game. I really don't care what platform it's on. I and, and I hope I hope that we actually get in that direction. Yeah, I, I definitely think we're heading towards a commoditization of platform, um, where it the you know back in the day the emphasis was on uh, the platform rather than the game. Uh, now the emphasis is on the game, and the game defines the the game can be played on any platform, and the platform is whatever you choose it to be. Um, and I, I feel I I feel like a smart direction. Um, that I, I feel like the the marketplace is going it wants and is moving towards is one where uh, you you don't have these these walls up between uh, hardware like you do now. I think what it's going to take to get there is strong third parties saying we're going to do that anyway, so you might as well follow along. Yep. You know, uh, EA does it, uh, Activision does it to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got some of those larger publishers saying, yeah, we're going to publish on every platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, once there's less fracturization of the marketplace in in terms of Android, I think we'll see that on the Android, but we're already seeing it on the iOS platforms. Um, you know, The Sims is a great example. 
that's on every platform known to man. I mean, you could probably play that on your toilet seat lid. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's literally for any platform you could want, you can play The Sims. You know, and I just thought of something too. It's like, uh, you know, in 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 the console in the console world, you had the platform defining the marketplace and where you could and, and where and how you could acquire those games uh, with with Apple and Android. Uh, you have them uh, curating the space where people can come in and define how much their software costs um, and and what it uh, it supports etc so it's it's a it's a shift certainly well you know you're not you're not into that that now you're playing with power you can only get this on Nintendo kind of thing exactly uh, you're you're into this whole hey if you wanted to play this game uh, it, it's on either platform yep it, it's more enabling the space as you said not so much, uh, you know, trying to create a rift between you know, the the Nintendo folks and the, the PlayStation folks and the whatever else. Yep. Well, that's that's about all the time we have for this week. Um, next Good. week, uh, next week, and possibly even the week after, as we uh, start heading into E three time, um, we'll be doing some previews of. Uh, what we hope to look at at E3, um, just general prognostication, if you will. Can't wait. Can't right. wait to go back to L.A. and not be able to breathe. and <laughs> yeah. the, the sights and smells of that wonderful city. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> at least there'll be some cool games. Yeah, and, and we should see a lot of uh, new platform stuff, so, um, I mean, I haven't been since the beginning of the last generation, pretty much. Uh, last time I went was 2005. Wow, slacker. Yep. Alright, well, thanks again, this is the Gaming Turn Podcast. Alright, see ya.